BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving yesterday, whether you were with a few family members, friends, or on your own. I know it is different this year, but it's still delicious food, so I hope you enjoyed. I am obviously excited about today's guest, especially because... This is my first in-person recording I've done in so freaking long since March, and I'm doing it from the comfort of my couch or my parents' couch. None other, Cindy Linville. Hello, everybody. Hi, Freckled Foodie family. Hi, Mama. I'm so glad to be here, and it's so true. This is the first in-face recording, and it's funny because when we were in-person recording, when I... Was when you asked me to do this this morning, I said, "Oh my god, I have to have my hair and makeup done." Well, luckily, I did have my hair done, but I realized that we're not on, we're not visual no. to anybody. Although I am going to record a quick video of you, don't you worry. Oh, okay. Um, you are one of the few repeat guests this podcast has had, but I just feel like there's so much more to talk about now that I'm pregnant. Do you agree? I don't know. I, you're kind of. No, okay. Well, thing. first of all, I'm really honored to be a repeat <laughs> guest. That's really nice of you. And it just makes me feel really special to have that accolade and that ability to be here twice. But more importantly, I would say that um, there is something that I don't know how to put into words yet because this is all very new. But knowing that one of your daughters is pregnant there's like a real intense feeling of protection that yeah. comes out um, and a really intense need to be near and physical touch. Mm-hmm. And I know that's been really hard having the pandemic. Right. But um, we certainly, I'll tell you, I think FaceTime has saved my mental status during this whole um, lockdown because you really can feel like you're really seeing somebody and talking to somebody. I know, you tell and, me that every time we face well, and I'm so nice. grateful for FaceTime. I know, but it's also, you're really, you know, you you and I FaceTime every morning. We yeah. got into kind of a routine and um, that was really pretty awesome. But yeah, because well, we I did talk do, on the phone we did talk every phone. morning anyway, yeah. but they just turned into FaceTime right. during this time. Right. But I do really believe that there is a, a incredible sense of protection and an incredible excitement and incredible bond that you have with a child who is pregnant. I don't know whether a mother of a boy would feel that way if if they were if they were about to have a right. child, but there's something about being a mom, knowing what it was like to carry you and now knowing that you're carrying a baby is it 
it blows me away. Well, I feel on the flip side, I said this in my stories today, but I feel a newfound, I don't know if it's need, love, or respect for you because you know, and my listeners know that I had a hard first trimester. And so I think I just have so much respect for all mothers, but also just this need and desire to be taken care of, like specifically by you, because I also just constantly feel like a child. Right. Well, I think one, I think it's unbelievable what women can do. It's insane. It it truly is insane that we have the ability to produce life. And, um, you know, I think also for me personally, I can't remember whether I was morning sickness or whatever. Everyone's I like, that did your mom have a hard I, first just, trimester? I'm like, she doesn't. That. She tells you block that out of your How mind. do you block that out? I don't know. Plus, I was working full time. Yeah. So with you and with Madison and you. So I didn't really, I mean, I was going to the office. So I, I just don't honestly remember. Okay. Um, but I do remember the complete and utter joy of being pregnant. Um, just, Just the fact that your body changes, the fact that you have something inside of you when you go and hear those heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes almost a, um, a passageway to having a new relationship with your mother. Yeah. Um, and I think that it will continue because you will, as you start raising a child and you see how joyous it is to raise a child, but also an incredible responsibility, incredible amount of work, um, incredible amount of compassion, you will, as I did too with my own mother, you will start to um, to really honor what they did and to really respect how hard it is. And totally. So I, think that's, I think that's normal. I think that's really, really normal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I even, when I said it on my stories, a lot of people DM'd me being like, I had the exact same emotions towards my mom. Like it did change. One person even said like, I didn't even really have a relationship with my mom and then I had kids and it completely changed everything. I think, I think that's that's the beauty. That's yeah. so wonderful because I think that can happen. I mean, obviously we have like a truly amazing relationship. It's unique. I think it's very unique. We're very honest. We're very open. We're um, very compassionate towards each other. We want to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that that's any different from your two sisters right, relationship right, right. with me. And so I'll just, I'll just state that now. I have an amazing <laughs> relationship with all three of my daughters. Um, I can't imagine... I can't ask for anything more than what mm-hmm. I already have in terms of the give and take between myself and my our children, my daughters, our daughters. Um, so I just want to put that out there, but this is about you right now. Oh, thanks. Turn it back <laughs> to me. And when you say, I just also want to note because I think when I hear things like the joy of pregnancy and how incredible you feel, I know that I'm kind of like, patiently waiting for that. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you don't feel that yet, or you didn't feel that, like that's also okay. Because I think that there's a lot of isolation and the emotion of, I don't feel that thing that everyone talks about all the time. And that's how I, I really felt isolated the first trimester because I wasn't excited because I just felt awful. There wasn't an excitement. Every woman is very different. So different. Some people love being pregnant. Some people it's hell for them. And some people don't like little newborns. Right. And they only are interested mm-hmm. when the baby is a toddler. Right. So it's just all so you know, different. It's all very, very different. Um, personally, I loved the infancy part of, of, of your childhood and your sister's childhoods. I can't think of anything that feels better 
or more soothing or calming than an infant's body on your chest. Yeah. Like after nursing, when they have their little hand and they've got it in your hair and, and they're breathing and they're falling asleep. It, it is, it is so magical and there is so much joy to it that, um, and I hope that, and I hope God bless women who I feel so bad for women who have postpartum depression. Right. It makes me so sad for them. It's something I'm definitely aware of. I'm already talking about it with my psychiatrist. Yeah, of course. Um, Just to like, you know, it's in the realm of possibilities. I just want to be attentive. And, you know, I'm going to bring Joe into one of my appointments with my psychiatrist leading up to pregnancy because she really recommends that of like having the conversation with the husband and like, here's what to watch for. Here's like, some red flag potential mm-hmm. things that you want to keep an eye out for here. So you would potentially handle situations, but I agree. It, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's such a common reality Absolutely. for so many women. Absolutely. And I think compounded with that, there's this isolation and like guilt and shame. And that's how I felt in the first trimester of like, I feel so much guilt and shame that I'm not excited about right. being right. pregnant. I mean, when, when, when you feel bad during pregnancy, it's really hard. It's fucking hell. It's I wouldn't wish really, it on my worst enemy. It's really, really hell. It is, you know, I I hope that you will at some point in your pregnancy feel that elation. Me too. Um, I'm starting know, to. Most, I mean, Gabby, I've known since you were four weeks pregnant, which was right. very early and a really, really hard secret to keep. I know. And um, when I watched you on your stories... <laughs> And your videos, I was just like, oh my God, this child is, a, I don't even know who she is. I know. You looked so exhausted in retrospect. I mean, I knew it at the time. Right. Every day we FaceTimed, you were just like, uh, uh, I was just like, wow. You do not look <laughs> like, well. This is not suiting you well. No, it was not. And there's, you know, unfortunately. You'll see me in an hour, mom, when it hits again at four o'clock. Yeah, but, uh, but, but I saw such a change in you. Yes. One, I think after you told your listeners, because I think it was a huge relief. I think I it was a real burden for you to keep a secret. Yes. And so I think at that time, that there was a huge relief. I think you also started to feel better. And all of a sudden, the light came back into mm-hmm. your eyes. And you smiled. And totally. And it was like my little Cammy was back. <laughs> I um, agree. But you will go through, I mean, you're going to, as as... As in tune with your body is, you're going to be, you're going to really like this. This is going to well, be the, fun. The, for you. This is like the fun thing now that I'm starting to show a right. little bit and I'm starting to see some physical changes. Yes. Like I can't wait to have a proper belly. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait. And then when you feel the baby move. Right. Oh my God. That I'm is so excited like, for that. That is absolutely crazy. Crazy, yes. crazy. And also I know you because um, a little story about Cammie, she actually secretly likes hospitals in some oh. weird way. <laughs> when when no, Madison, not, her older not sister, anymore. I forget how old Maddie was. I think she, Maddie, Maddie was, was 13. 11, no, 13, she was 13. So I was 11, 10. 10 or 11. Maddie had her appendix out and um, she had a private room at a hospital <laughs> and Cammie Moved in with her. She straight up moved, moved in. in. She brought a robe. She brought. She took a shower. She washed Ooh, her okay, hair. Hold on. The context. Two <laughs> things. Maddie was in the hospital for longer than a typical appendectomy because she didn't actually have appendicitis. Right. Remember, she had so like inflammation. Yeah, and, and, they they were figuring right. out other things. Right. That's why she was there for a few nights. Second of all, you watched ER, and I guess you let me watch it with you at a very young age. Now that I'm reflecting, yeah. so I thought all hospitals were like ER. So I was so excited yeah. that Maddie was going to the hospital. 
lost world. And I was like, well, I, I'm staying with her. <laughs> and I remember there was a pullout sofa that, that I slept so in. Cute. I vividly remember those cheesesteaks in the vending machines yep. in the cafeteria that I would eat. And there was a really funny photo of Maddie, like, you know, in a gown, hospital gown, holding like her IV carrier thing, walking around. And then me wrapped in a towel with my hair in another right. towel, smiling, like <laughs> fully posing like I was on a fucking spa vacation. I can't believe you let me stay there. I don't know. It seemed appropriate. Did you I stay there too? Yes, or of course. I stayed there too. We, we both, like we both that, Maddie there. must have been like, get the hell out of here. No, I think she wanted us there. But I guess what I was going to gonna say is, I now that you've found out that you're going to be at this magnificent I know, new I'm pumped facility about this new in hospital. New York. I'm, hum- I'm pumped about the new hospital. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily love hospitals anymore <laughs> I, I at was, all. I was teasing. <laughs> but I am excited about that. Um, okay. So we did get some listener cues and I kind of divided them into like motherhood and then like grandma yeah. type stuff because mm-hmm. you're old grandma now. Um, so we can start with motherhood first and then we'll go into like how you felt when I told you I was pregnant okay. and all that stuff. So someone asked, did you struggle getting pregnant? Um, I do not. No, I did not struggle getting pregnant, but I did have two miscarriages. Right. Between me and Lucy. two miscarriages between you and Lucy. They were very early miscarriages. I remember one was Halloween because I was at Judy's house, my best friend. And I remember laying on her sofa being really, really crampy. Um, so I, I, I think miscarriages are, are really difficult. But wait. obviously, but this this was very early. Am I, I swear that I knew you were pregnant when you miscarried. So how early could it have been? I think it was nine weeks. But had I, did I know or did I just make up these memories? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I would doubt if you had known in nine weeks, but why wouldn't you know? I share everything. So I know. Course, I really feel like, but I was I'm so sure. young. Yeah. I would have been yeah. four. Yeah. So, so I, I don't even think I'd actually remember it. I feel like I've just So I guess that's why memories. you and between you and yes. Lucy, it's five years. Versus three, Versus probably. Normally I would have, you know, gone for three years just yeah. to keep everybody at the same time right, zone. Right, because Maddie and I <laughs> were three. Um, okay. But you didn't actually struggle no. getting pregnant. No. Um, what was your me time, quote unquote, when your daughters were little? Did you have me time? Um, <laughs> I really don't need me time. You don't actually. Really, you actually like you really don't. do not. You're like Joe. If I if I were to go up and take a bath right now or anytime, <laughs> I would probably be out of the bathtub within three minutes. Yes, you actually. Would. Um, I actually would. So my me time. Um, I mean, I exercised, so I enjoyed that. But can I but also say that even I when you exercise, rest. you're not, you don't take me time. Like you answer, if I call my mom, she will sometimes answer pre-pandemic and be like, what's up? I'm in yoga. I'm like, well, first of all, why do you have your cell phone? Second of all, why are you answering your phone? Because maybe there was a problem. I know. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think you believe in me time. Like you're always No, accessible. I actually do not believe in me time. I don't. I don't, I don't like me time. <laughs> I like, I, I'm not saying I don't like being alone. I don't mean that. I don't like indulging myself in relaxation. But do you think that's because of your anxiety? Because um, when you're relaxed, you can't like distract yourself with other things? Because yeah, I struggle I, relaxing I, for that I, reason. I proceed in a really chaotic manner. Um, I am constantly, like whatever's in front of me is what I'm going to do. And so if I... I'm standing doing bills and then I turn around to go get a glass of water and I see the dishes, I will do the dishes. Yeah. If I go upstairs to the bathroom 
and my bed's not made, I will make my bed. Even though, so there's constantly, I'm doing constantly too many different things at the same time. Yes. Now I get everything done. Right. Always. And, um, I think, you know, part of that is, is also being a mother, you know, you are constantly, you know, the incoming that I get versus Judd because I am a mother Yes, is, you know, it's not even, you can't even compare. I'll call dad if you don't answer. And he's like, hey, honey, how are you? Is mom there? He's like, oh, hi, how are you? I'm like, I need something now. Is right. mom there? <laughs> right. And I think I think the um, it's interesting because um, I did absolutely um, respond instantaneously. And I still do respond instantaneously to the needs and desires and demands of my children. And I others. Do. More and, than and, just and your children. Too. Okay. But definitely to my children. And- it's interesting as I'm saying this, you would think that that would cause the kids to have such expectations of everybody fulfilling their desires. And I don't think I see that in my three girls. No, I don't think so either. I will say that your just normalcy of doing that has definitely impacted me in a sense of, you know, I think we run very similarly. Mm-hmm. And our anxiety is very similar. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I feel almost this constant need to do everything right away and to respond right away because I think it's just what I was used to growing up where like if I asked you to do something, it was done right away. And similarly, if you asked me to do something, you expected it. I just spit everywhere. You expected it to be done right away. But I don't think it's spoiled. My three no, no, no. I'm yeah. not saying it spoiled yeah. me. I'm saying it almost yeah. like made me this person. Like I need to right. chill a little. Right. Which is, right. I also tell you all the time that I you know. could use some me chill time. I mean, I have gone to therapy. I have used a healer. I spent a lot of time with yoga. So yeah. I guess those are my me times. Those are your me times. You I just, also now play a lot of golf, which yeah. is my me time and my me and Judd time. But I will say, I'm not trying to like pick you apart, but you and dad, what's the number one thing you fight about when you're golfing? My phone. Exactly. Because you're accessible. I know. Exactly. Because I'm waiting for people to need me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think A, you run on another just like efficiency. You you literally run frequency. You're on a different frequency yeah, than know. most of the world. I 100% oh believe that. Oh my God. That. The other day I went what? into the store in my mask and when I came, I actually can scare people because of my intensity. Yes. <laughs> and I realized I just went into the stop and shop to get two things in Bayhead. Okay. And I realized that four incidents occurred where people were like, sort of like shaken by my presence. <laughs> like, like what they moved out doing? of the way. You were I mean, just I on your just own speed. on my own speed. And I'm I, on my own frequency. Yeah. And I realized that I, people were just taken aback by the, mm-hmm. the, the, Well, you're not best at a, you're not the best at observing your surroundings. No, 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 no I'm not at all. <laughs> so there could be no, someone. I have a real visual. You, there uh, could deficit. be someone there and you literally oh, yeah. barrel right past yeah, them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, or hit their cart. Or, yes, or, the or hit their car. <laughs> fall over. <laughs> knocking. You probably ran into Stop and Job and knocked everything down in the aisles. And you're like, why is everyone staring at me? I didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yes, you run on a different frequency. A hundred percent. And I will say, I know you don't need me time. I definitely need me time. A hundred percent. 
And that is something that I will really be trying to continue to implement as a yeah. mother. So what are your me time things? I mean, well, oh, you meditate too. For me, it's right. like my morning well, meditation. That, that's that's new. Um, I mean, just my mornings in general. It's what you, dad and I argue about the most when we're living in the same house. I'm like, can everyone just leave me the fuck alone for the first 30 minutes at a minimum of the day? Because- right. This is where our frequencies don't align. First thing in the morning, you come into the kitchen. You're like, what are we doing today? What's going on? What are people doing? Or when are we working out? What's for lunch? What time are we going to the beach? What do you guys want for dinner tonight? What are we doing? Like yeah, they, the rapid questions that are, is, are eggs. And you know what? Actually, honestly, <laughs> I've gotten... You've gotten way better. Oh my God. I was just going to say the amount of fight and flight. What's Yeah, called? fight or flight. Fight or flight that I live with daily yes, minutely, anxiety minutely but it doesn't feel like anxiety to me it's just like but the intensity of when i get into the the fight because yeah. i very rarely flee right but every time sometimes you'll say something and i'll be like what what, what? Oh, oh my god and you're like it was literally like i'll say wait mom can you come here you sprint into the room what's going on what's going on what happened oh my god are you okay what happened i'm like i was just gonna tell you we're out of coffee beans like that is your typical reaction I that we i don't expect. think i had that younger i think when i was raising you guys i did not have that i think it's become now when you have children and you have them all under your own roof you are in control yeah. And as your children branch out and leave the house, you've also and doomsday have relationships with other people and it's just, you know, it's it's you never know what to expect. You never know what the phone call is going to be. Of course. And you know, we always say you're only as happy as your least happy child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the happiest I am is when I know where everybody is <laughs> and Actually, the happiest, like when on Halloween, when you three were together, when the sisters yes. were together, like I didn't have a care in the world that weekend. Right. Because you knew I was we were just all so happy that I had, dad and I had raised three girls who all had significant others who wanted to be together. Like mm-hmm. that to me, that is, that is like, okay, that is a stamp of success. Yes. I totally agree. That would have made me feel very proud as well. But yes, the, the me time that I need is like my mornings. Mm-hmm. Also, yes, exercise and like taking time off of technology, my reading, you know. So how's that going to go when you have a baby? Yeah, I got to figure that out. <laughs> Maybe not. A, you know, there are moments where Joe can take care of the baby and I will get my me time. Um, okay. But just usually mornings with I, a baby. I, Mom, I know. Well, that's honestly why we got Charlie because I want, I was so in my own head at right. one point where like everything had to, that, that was me and my anxiety trying to control everything. Right. And it was like, everything has to go perfectly. If, it does, if I don't get up at this hour and then I don't have my drink and then I don't have my coffee, if I don't poop by this time, if right. I don't get right. to the gym, like it was so obsessive and just anal that I, one of the reasons we wanted to get Charlie was to just throw a wrench in my life and help me adjust. Look at, and he every did. time the best I see a friend <laughs> or a family member, or anybody who is highly anxious or depressed, the best thing is to find something to take care of. Right. So and Charlie was my thing. And Charlie was your thing. And now you're going to have a baby to take care of. I'll have a lot. And you'll have a lot, but that's all right. People are there to help. No, I know. And I also think that mothers really need to ask for help. I like, agree. You just cannot do this all alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on, you know, when in the traditional sense, 
where the the man was going off and working. Right. You know, I did work while while I had Madison and you. Um, I worked up until you were, I think, three. three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very intense, very demanding job. Um, and we had lots of nannies, and they were wonderful, and it was great. But, um, you know, in today's world, if people are working remotely, and I think the husband is has much more of an, an totally. input oh my into God. the chores. And Way the, more involved. And that's, that's like a huge, huge cultural change. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's I just agree. fabulous. And it's great also, I think, for the for the fathers um, to develop better relationships with their children. I know. Quarantine has actually, I've talked to a few of my friends who have young kids and yeah. the dads are like so grateful oh for this God. time that they never would have imagined. Absolutely. So now I'm like, of course, I bet like Joe goes back to the office like as soon as, like just timing wise. Yeah, right, right. Like, right. The baby's going to be born and, and Joe's going to And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, everyone, we're back in our offices. So <laughs> it's we'll It's very see. likely because that's going to be the spring. I know. It's very It'll likely. be interesting. But you're going to come and live with me in, okay, at mom. the beach. Um, that, you, we'll get into, your baby nurse. We'll get into that and some of the questions <laughs> about your grandma. Um, how did you teach... Oh, I, I like this question because I feel so complimented by it. How did you raise grounded and humble children? Um, thank you for acknowledging that to the Freckled Foodie and listener. Thank you for thinking I'm grounded and um, humble because that's something I take deep compliments in. Um, you know, your dad and I met when we were 15. I will say it was love at first sight. Um, we've been together, I think, 47 years. I don't know, I'm 63. I don't know how to do math right yeah. now without my yes. HP calculator. <laughs> but um, we have some really strong core values that we really, really honor. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them came from my father, who yeah. acted and really fulfilled the role of a father to um, your father, Judd, because Judd lost his father at, when Judd was only six years old. Um, which is a very young age to lose a father. Mm -hmm. And I think um, we are fiercely loyal. Um, We have a high sense of integrity. Yeah. And we want to and are, we want to succeed and we want to put the effort into succeeding. Mm -hmm. And um, I also think, we are compassionate. Now I'm really complimenting myself. I'm sure yeah, I'm also okay. a pain in the ass. I understand that. Yeah, we get that. I, I but get that. You can, I mean, but it's all right. But I'm just saying that, and I think that um, we never wavered from those core values yeah. and, and in our actions. And I think that that's just. Mm-hmm. I also think I totally agree with everything you said. But I think a big one is like you've always raised us in a what's mine is yours type of household. And when, you know, I'm thinking like humble and grounded, I take as deep compliments, but I also think are intertwined with not necessarily always associating with privilege. And so I think a lot of privilege sometimes when we're talking financial privilege, Mm -hmm. people are more closed off and it's like, oh, well, I want more, more, more for myself. You guys have always been like, we want to do as well as we can. And we want to provide for everyone we love. Mm -hmm. And I feel, and you know, my friends have even said this to me many of times, like throughout all walks of my life, that when they come to our home, it just feels so welcome. Like, oh, you're at home. You never have to act like, you know, even friends like Emily Bina, she's like, I know that I could call you and be like, something's going on in my life. And I would tell her to move in somewhere, wherever I am. Right. And you guys have always raised us with that upbringing of 
Sure, we might have a lot, but that will never be something that stops us from giving or supporting others or welcoming others into our lives, which I don't think is unfortunately as common as you might think it is. Yeah, I'm very open to welcoming people into my life. Mm -hmm. Very, very. And I will say um, that I think, and, and actually, now that you're bringing that up, I also think that one of the reasons why you three are grounded and accepting and inclusive is because we had a lot of people, um, a lot of young women Mm -hmm. come into our lives to train you guys in an athletic sport, to babysit for you, to stay with you. When we travel to travel with us, when, 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 when you came with us. Right. And I mean, there were probably, I don't know, 15 young women Mm -hmm. that were at the time, college age, some yep. a little bit earlier, but college age students um, who, you know, we were fortunate to live in a college town. We met lots of them through your athletics because they were coaching and they were in our home a lot. And all the and, time. I mean, they and, all came to our weddings. And they all came to your weddings. And so I think that there are some families where you have somebody who takes care of your children on a rotational basis and then they graduate from college and they're gone. That's not the way we operate. No, we joke. It's the Linville plan. It's the Linville plan. You join, plan. You and then join, you go work for dad. Join the plan. And, I mean, I can't tell you every single one of those girls has reached out to me since you've told mm-hmm. me that you're pregnant. Well, some of them I even called before I announced I was right. pregnant because I wanted them to hear from me. Like, they're very involved in our lives. I also think at a very young age, our family experienced two very close tragedies And that really showed us how to welcome people in with like, let me help take care of you. And again, not that our house was a revolving door, but, you know, automatically these families became closer than family friends and like siblings, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, yes, those tragedies influenced our family um, far more than I think people might totally um, assume. And really, I think the, the, the main impact was to open our hearts. Right. And to open our hearts and to feel compassion and love um, mm-hmm. and empathy. Yes. And that has, um, you know, everybody always says, how do you, you know, this goes, this is motherhood. How do you love your second child as much as your first child? I literally say that all the time right now with Charlie. How am I ever going to love another dog as much as I love him? Because your heart grows. But like, will it? Am I going to love this? I'm actually afraid. Okay, but this is what scares me. I said this the moment we got Charlie. I said, I'm so petrified because I didn't know I could love this hard. And I know I'm going to love our child more than him. And that terrifies me. Right. Because it it hurts to love that heart. Yeah. I mean, you see the way I hold Charlie. I'm like physically like, it's a teeth clenching love where you just like can't get enough. Right. You can't get enough. You want everything for that person. Um, And, you know, there are tragedies in the world. And Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, um, most people have witnessed them. And it's, it, that's, that makes you love really, really hard. I agree. Makes you love really, Mm -hmm. really hard. Um, and then last question for your motherhood section. What is your proudest moment as a mother? I guess you can do it more specifically just to me. I won't make you well, choose between the three of us. My proudest moments. Um, when I was proud of you, proud we of can myself. do, no, proud. I think proud of me. 
Okay. Proudest moment as a mother. I don't know. Um, because athletics played <laughs> such a role in our, in my own life, in your yeah. father's life. We both were Division One athletes. Um, actually, I don't even know whether it was Division One at the time. It wasn't. Whatever. It was Division Two. Um, but then I think it. Oh wait. No, because you whatever. Okay. Whatever. Um, and I, you know, we spent so much time with our kids, driving mm-hmm. them to practices, and and I also think that's also something that keeps you guys grounded. You, yes. you know what a team is. You, yeah. there is no just me, 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 me. Not I mean, at all. You have to be part of the team, and you got to drink this the Kool Aid that the coach is giving you, and you've got to be supportive. So I think that was a huge, huge influence. I also but, think, sorry, just on that yeah. point, I was never the best on the field, but I will say that I, I would probably feel comfortable saying that majority of the time I was one of the best team players. Yes. Yes. I was never the one getting a all leader. the stats, and a leader. but I was working my fucking ass off. And I think that because I wasn't the best on the field and I knew that talent wise, I showed up in that realm and maybe that I, I was helped. the same. I wasn't the best yeah. on the field, but I had tenacity. I had, I didn't give right, up. I'm saying maybe that yeah. helps of course. just future in life and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but my proudest moment has his well my proudest moment really has watching you on the field it it brought mm-hmm. me such incredible joy because you had so much commitment and so much um heart and i saw how it you 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 just wanted so badly to be there for your teammates mm-hmm. so that, those that those were such proud moments and you gave me so many of them so thank you you're um, welcome you know r.i.p to my athletic career i also um identify so much with you and Joe in mm-hmm. a relationship. I am so proud of your relationship with Joe. It makes me so happy. And I, I just love Joe with all of my heart. <laughs> I know. And I love him for so many different reasons. But obviously the main reason is because he loves you and I see it. I feel it. He shows it. He mm-hmm. acts it. He speaks it. And that's, that's really, so that's a really, yes. really proud thing. I agree. It's so funny because combining those two things, Joe and I want to walk around PDS, which is the high school where Joe and I went and met and we were walking and he was looking at the new athletic center and he was saying how jealous he was that, you know, he wasn't there when they had those sick basketball courts and we passed by the turf and I, I talked to Charlie embarrassingly a lot. And I was like, Chaz, this is where your mom peaked. <laughs> she will never ever be as good as she was in anything in life as she was on this field. And I will take this field over Lafayette because we actually won fucking games and we were good. Yeah. And Joe was like, you did not peak on the lacrosse field. And I was like, no, I really did peak on this field. Like, I think this was my life peaking. And he's like, you are going to peak as a mother. Do oh, not say that. And I was like, okay, that's oh a really God. sweet. Thank you. Well, just to show you how much I loved being on the sidelines, um, when you played soccer, do you remember the time when it was just this time? It was just before Thanksgiving. And I was on the sidelines we- cheering at PDA. And the ref, who was like six foot (laughs) tall, was racing the sidelines. And I moved forward because I was so excited about the game. And I started to sort of kind of almost get on the field. You weren't on the sideline. You were basically on the field. Yeah, I was on sort of the alley of the field. And he ran right into me. I flew up into the air, 
came crashing down and had a concussion for all of Thanksgiving. Bulldozed. <laughs> bulldozed, I was mom. Bulldozed. <laughs> like, get off the field. I literally, it's so funny because- oh, there's so many times you've had to tell me to get off the field. Uh, so, oh, God. I used to get so mad at you in high school. I know. Because I also was just talking about this with Joe on our walk because they have the banners for yeah. on the other turf for right. soccer and boys lacrosse. And I was like, soccer 2008, prep yeah. champs. Joe, that was us. And I scored the winning goal in overtime and you literally dove onto the field. I will never forget looking over and you're spurging up the field. You dive yeah, onto the field. It was like, but I felt that way in college when D won the prep. See? I was on the turf, like shitting myself. Like I had to be held off of that turf. And Deanna will always tell the story of when they won the um, Patriot League finals that year. And I think she actually had the winning goal, but she got MVP, of course. They win and there's a team huddle and she looks up and I'm in the huddle. It's literally the entire team, (laughs) me and and like two friends. And she looks over at me. She's like, what are you doing in here? And I was like, I'll never get a Patriot League championship. So I'm acting like this is mine as well. Um, but so I think I'm going to be really that. proud to watch you be a mom too. Thank you. So I concur with Joe. Um, okay. So now talking grandma, and I don't want to get, like make this episode so long, but whatever. How did you feel when I told you that I was pregnant? Well, you caught, you just caught us so off guard. I know. So off guard because caught me off I thought guard. you were going to IVF. IVF. Yes, I know. Oh, IVF. 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 <laughs> um, I- <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> Like That's mother, so like daughter. <laughs> um, so I, I just was so caught off guard. But to be with the Rogers, I know, and for the four of us to be there with your dad and you two to tell us, I was floored. I was flabbergasted, and I, there were so many emotions. One, I was just like, "Oh, thank God she can get pregnant. Thank yeah. God she can get pregnant," because that you know it's so hard for so many people, I and know. my heart breaks for them. And thank God that science has so many different ways in which they can accommodate that. Um, but I didn't want you to have to go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was scared. So I was kind of blocked. I had sort of like blocked out everything. Sometimes when I'm scared, I yeah. try and just ignore it. Um, so I-, I was just so, so excited. I just couldn't believe it. You had the same reaction you had at your anniversary surprise party that remember that Maddie and I yeah. threw you when yeah. you walked in, you what the it was lit. It, I mean, word for word, and it's also how I reacted when I saw the positive pregnancy test right, that I right, right. was taking for safety right. measures to do drugs. Like right. there was no. It, it was look the at exact thank same. God that baby came. If you you knew I was not <laughs> encouraging this microdosing of mushrooms. It wasn't microdosing, first of all, and oh, it actually, wasn't? no, it was well, full it wasn't dosing. Macro dosing. It was just taking mushrooms. What, Joe? I mean, I still have the two mushroom well, bars. Get rid of them. No, I, later I'm going. No, you cannot do drugs when you're a parent. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I didn't ever. What, what do you oh, oh, do well, every night? I'm taking an edible now. You're grown up. Okay, well, anyway, Joe was like, do you think we could convince everyone to do mushrooms on Thanksgiving? And I was like, I would kill you if I'm the one who wants to do mushrooms and you made me soberly watch my immediate family on mushrooms. Like that would be, I would be so pissed off. So it's not happening. And then Joe wanted, whatever. So next question, what do you want to be called? Okay. So dad and I have talked about this a lot. Yes. Um, I certainly don't want anything with a grand in it. That is just not happening. (laughs) Um, And I don't want Nana, even though I'd be the third Nana. um, I just find that, you know, Nana. Because we still call Nana. We still call Nana. She never got escalated to Nana Nana because Susan's Oma. Right, exactly. So um, 
I was called at a very young age, Maxie, M-A-X-I-E, for Maxie Bond, who was a football player. I know that sounds kind of odd, but my That's I told Papa. you we were into sports and my father um, called me Maxie and he's called me Maxie my entire life. And I think it's kind of cute. I, I love like it. it. I love Maxie. I love that it's different. It's yeah. very fitting to you. I love it. So then we're, but I also think that you, the grandfather's name, first of all, I have to talk to your sisters about it. I hope they like Maxie. Because I'm pretty sure they I already expected this. pretty much assume that I don't want to be called different things by the grandchildren. No, no, no. Um, and so for dad, we were, I mean, I have something that I really want him called, but what? I don't think anybody's going to don't go with it. If it's captain. <laughs> no, we're not calling dad captain. It's not happening. Okay. I refuse. Okay. Who do, so, you, th- who do you think because, he is? Captain? No, he, but it's Gus not even calls like, him captain. It's it so It doesn't matter. Cute. It does not matter. Okay. It's not even like he's a boat guy. When I tell people that, they yeah, laugh Well, that's true. It's not, and he's not in the, he was never in the no, army. No, he's either. not being called captain. <laughs> okay. He likes Paca. Okay. Um, because that's what he called his grandfather. I like that. So we have to kind of look at, I think it's um, Scottish for okay. grandfather. I think it's P-A-K-A. I like that. Which I think is kind of cute. Yeah. So Paca and Maxie, that's, that, I like that. that works. I think Joanne, Joe's mom is still deciding, but the latest I heard from Bill, which I love is BB for Big Bill. Uh, of course. Well, that has I to love be BB. That. I mean, that's so, perfect. So I don't know if that's set, but that's I- Perfect. Think it's so cute. And it's so Bill. So Bill. Um, okay. What do you hope I Wait, will- what is what is Joanne what? She hasn't decided yet. Oh, okay. She's still figuring it out. Okay. Um Well, she won't take Maxie, so we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're I was good. gonna say <laughs> when I asked her, I was like, What do you think you want to be called? Because it's the first grandchild for both. I was like, Well, you don't have to worry about what my mom's gonna be called because it's Maxie. Right. Actually, at one point, somehow Minnie had come in. She's like, Wait, I can't do that if we're Oh Maxie. my god, that would be hysterical. <laughs> no, actually, I think that's kind of funny. No, because I don't, well, uh, who knows? It's up to her, but I don't remember what the story, there was some, some, I forget why. I don't remember. That's pretty We can ask her. Um, (laughs) Okay. What do you hope I instill in my son as a mother? Um, I hope that you instill, and I think you will instill um, the ability for your child to accept um, people for who they are mm-hmm. um, and not for what they've become yeah. or what they look like or what gender they are or what mm-hmm. sexual preference or race. what race. Yeah. Um, and I think that you would do that inherently, you and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those qualities were what I was instilled with because of my father. Um, you know, when, when, when you went to the hospital and watched my dad make rounds at the hospital – Every single solitary person in that hospital, every from person, the head of the hospital to the janitor to the to homeless the man on homeless the street outside the, the hospital street, to the cafe worker, mm-hmm. he was so intertwined in giving them love. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I am I'm also really excited because the your children will have black. Um, right cousins Mm -hmm. and I think that will be just a really incredible um, impactful way for them to um, be inclusive and Mm -hmm. and and not see people um, for and only see people for who they are in their soul yeah I think just a 
I mean, I'm really focused on making sure that this child is educated and aware and it's not lost to me that I'm bringing in, you know, another privileged white male into this world. Um, But yes, I mean, I interact with many of males, whether it's growing up or at work or even in my DMs, and I see the way some of them act. And I know very clearly how I want our son to act and how I do not. And Joe and I are... Thankfully, very aligned. I mean, I think one of the things that obviously we want our young men to do is to be respectful to women. Right. Like stop acting like um, they're so much better than everyone. That is, I don't, I I, I know who Joe is and I know what he will instill in that son. Right. And he, that, that child will be very respectful. Yes, I agree. Um, I hope He's a great athlete. Oh, of course. That will bring me <laughs> great joy. Well, when we told my my parents and the Rogers that we were pregnant, immediately they're divvying up who gets to coach him and what sport. It's like <laughs> well, at the time we didn't know it was a boy, but that's true. Still, no matter what. Like Bill is like, okay, Judd, you get lacrosse. You're right. I've got basketball. Or no, Cindy's got lacrosse. Dad's got football. Right. I've got basketball. Like Joanne's just in charge of getting everywhere where they need to be. Like <laughs> getting us the food. So classic Being of the four sidelines. of you. Because yeah. my mom is the most intense fan and the only person I've met that compares to her intensity is Bill, Joe's dad. No, it's I, I, it's frightening to watch I you two together. Watch, I'm scared for our future. Yeah, when I watch Bill, I feel like I'm watching myself. And the fact that we could potentially be on the sidelines cheering for the same child. I mean, the two I, of you I, won't I, last more than 10 minutes. And Bill, no, we'll with, be evicted. We'll with be, Bill's we'll, record we'll be of getting out. evicted of yeah, games, yeah, no. you getting knocked out I, by refs, you will not last long. Um, and then, I mean, I know the answer to this. Do you want to be a hands-on grandmother? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's trying to move um, in with us or get me to move in with her. I mean, yeah, I've, of course I want to be hands-on. I want... To be with you and Joe and the child, I also want to be with the child alone. I will also say that I have the most incredible role model in my sister Susan, who is the fortunate one to have grandchildren. Yes. She is literally she's the best. super grandma. She's super grandma. Like no, it's she is insane. so creative. What she does with these. I kids, don't want to break your heart, but like I'm, don't, I don't create that gonna, as a standard, mom. Because you're not crafty. I'm not crafty. She is. I know super craft. Like the things that she does with her grandchildren, I am floored by. I love you to death, but we're just not those types of people. We're just not crafty. So you're letting me off the hook on that. Yes, a bit? I'm not crafty. Okay. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I I. I did knit a sweater for the baby. I'm, I'm really excited to see. Um, it needs to be put together. I okay. don't know how to put it together. I'm giving it to Nana to take to her knitter. Okay. But um, I was very excited for that. But yeah, of course I want to be hands-on. I mean, I don't want to, obviously I want to be respectful of your your space. Um, but I think you're going to want to have us around. I, I think, think so yeah, too. I, I think, I, I don't see that. Um, wait, I had something really important. I have something really important to say. Okay. The floor is yours. I might have said this in my first podcast, so I'm not sure. But I, because I had, I was raised in a family of three girls Mm -hmm. and my father worked all the time and first, but was the most compassionate, unconditional love person in the world. That goes without saying if anybody knows Billy Oaks. But um, I thought because all of us sort of did the same things, we all played sports, we all went to the same school, the public school. We all went to the same college, Mm -hmm. the three sisters. It did not occur to me, and this is so naive, that 
you need to parent children differently. Oh, you did talk about this a bit. Yeah. Based on who they are as a person. And I, I just, I, that was lost on me. And I, I remember when a mother said to me like, oh yeah, you've got to really listen to your kids and parent them differently. I was like, holy cow. And it wasn't until I really was able to do that as you got older. Because mm-hmm. I definitely respond to you differently than I respond to Cammie, than I respond My to Madison. My name's Cammie. I mean, the Lucy, <laughs> sorry, Lucy. No, I mean, so you I respond have to parent all three of us differently because if yes. you use the same techniques, no, it would, it would be blow up city. It would be blow up city. And so that I think is really, um, you know, you, you have to let the child lead with their interests mm-hmm. and follow them. I, I think we probably forced interests on our children rather than allowing our children to explore and find their own creative outlets or their own pursuits. Yeah, but I think um, that they came at some point. I think it all worked point. out. Yeah, <laughs> I think it and all they still out. came later. It's not like yeah. we, you know. And parenting doesn't stop when the kids leave your home. Right. And then speaking of you are one of three girls, I'm one of three girls. The last listener question is, how do you feel about having a grandson after having three daughters? Okay, so I was thinking about this. Um, I think... Your father and I are great parents of daughters, like great parents of Mm -hmm. daughters. I don't know. Are you nervous? (laughs) No, no. I think we're going to be awesome grandparents of a boy. I don't know how good we would have been with a boy as a child. Mm Mm-hmm. I just worry a little bit that I think, we could have. I don't know if you. I, I don't know I don't about know. dad. Your father is so excited. To oh, have I know, a boy. But um, so I, I think I think it's like amazing. I think it's amazing. Uh, and also the first three, the the I know all the girls that we've had in our family. The first, the first ones, children of me and my female cousins, which there are eight female granddaughters, one grandson of the three granddaughters who have had children. So now that great grandchild generation they've all been boys the first the first one has been boys which is really interesting so yeah i I think we're so excited to have a boy it's so funny you say that because that's why i asked you what's the going to be the boy's clothing style like is it going to be a prep no god no No. oh my god what are we going to clothe them in like chill neutral colors yeah okay i like like that we're not prepping this kid out whatsoever okay we'll not be in polos and that kind of stuff okay um also i mean he's going to be in a onesie his whole life no, well, eventually he'll figure out his own style. But like when I dress him, he'll be in like a- a leisure wear. I literally am built to be, a, I think I've trained my entire life to be a boy mom. I'm not lying. Like I was oh, you're so petrified mom. of having a girl, yeah. to be honest, because I yeah. just don't think I'd know what to do with her. I eventually want a daughter, but I think first I need a boy to just like fuck up to be honest like you know not it, it doesn't matter what he's wearing or if something's on backwards or right. like if his hair looks like shit like it just this is, I feel like the bar's a little lower um I also wore boys clothes up until I was in fourth grade so that helps but I also it's funny because I've thought about that a lot and I think you were an incredible mother you are an incredible mother but I don't know how you would have been with a boy because your fear of like doomsday aspect of life. Like imagine- oh, oh, like if I had extreme sport kids? Yeah, oh, or I like if I, even just like going, doing it. things, like just silly things, like what boys do. Like, you know, Joe growing up was just like in the woods all day. And he, Joanne was just telling yeah. me like, yeah, I, I, they just I, I, went to the Institute and they came back when they came yeah. back. Like yeah. no, I would stuff not like that, that you wouldn't have been okay with. And also thank the fucking Lord 
A woman does not have to have you as her mother-in-law. I love you so much, but you as a mother-in-law to a female. Oh, oh, Jesus. Could you imagine? I think I'd be good. Mom, I'm sorry. Could you imagine planning your wedding, your wedding? being oh, involved like oh, what if your oh, son like was getting being, married and you you really weren't involved oh, in the so wedding I wasn't process as close to them and as you, they were to their mother well just like you know typically like you know you were very heavily involved in the wedding process because i was the bride yeah so imagine like you have a son and the bride's <laughs> trying to plan everything and you and your little like 10 cents are like you know what i actually like this better yeah. i would yeah you would have been a yeah. nightmare of a wedding Planning and, mother-in-law. And how great am I as a mother-in-law to boys? To boys. You're incredible. I right. just think that you'd be so overly involved that you might scare a girl away. Right. Yeah, that's pro- probably <laughs> But it's like, so I would say that I feel very strongly that Drew King is like my son. Yeah. And he um, thinks and of I feel you very strongly mom. that Joe's my son because I've known yes. him since he was 15. Yes. You, you treat Joe like a son without a question. Yeah. And, and so, you guys are just obsessed with each other. But that's the problem. I, I'm obsessed. Yeah, so, you're not great at like the space aspect. No, no. And so I think it was better that we had girls. No, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. A hundred percent. I know. And yes, I, and honestly, that's one thing I love watching you as my mother is your relationship with all the boys, but obviously specifically Joe, because he's my partner, mm-hmm. just how much you guys connect and love each other and I think you think of him as a son. I think he thinks of you more as like a best friend than a mom <laughs> because like just the way that you interact. Um, well, there's, he there's also a has very a wonderful unique, mother yeah, of his own. He has a wonderful it's mother of like his own. He doesn't needs, need another yes, mother. But right. I think he just thinks of you as like this crazy best friend he has who's just a lunatic. Well, we t- I don't know. I think we we find each other very humorous. You laughing. I mean, he thinks you're the funniest person he's ever met and you think he's the funniest person and it's frustrating to be around. (laughs) And we also can bond a lot over just intensity. And just being the most competitive people in the world. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, well, that's it. Do you have any closing remarks for me, for the listeners, for Um, the Freckle Foodie family? um, I think you're going to be an amazing mother and I think Joe's going to be an amazing father. There will be ups and downs. Your nuts not going to all go great. Um, you're going to need help um, as they, as, as everybody should. And you mm-hmm. should reach out and bring people into the fold and expose them to all different aspects of life and cultures and food. And, um, and you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't so great that I was an open book and your dad and I were an open book. No, I'll be an open book. I just think... Um, I think unconditional love, not everybody can give it. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's hard to give. But as the recipient of unconditional love from my father, um, if you have the capacity within you to give unconditional love to your children, you will raise wonderful kids. Mm -hmm. You will raise wonderful kids. And that doesn't mean indulge them. It just means they will always be cared for. Yeah. Regardless of their choices, regardless of their outcomes. Um, And if you are capable of that and you demonstrate that that to your child, it will carry them through life as if they have wings on their shoulders Mm -hmm. because they will soar. 
So Amazing. those are my closing words. Thank you. That was great. And I'm not doing a solo closing this week because we're recording this on Monday right now, the week of Thanksgiving. And I don't want to have to record a new ending on Wednesday and then edit and deal with all that on Thursday. So this is a different type of episode, I guess, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, please subscribe, rate, review, comment on all the good things. Share on your Instagram stories. I love hearing your guys' thoughts and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, darling. Thank you. I love you. I love you. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FF and friends pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.